This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The $3.5 trillion spending package proposed by Democrats on Capitol Hill and supported by the White House still has a ways to go to be approved by both bodies of Congress. But what impact might the package have on, say, the federal budget? What might have to be tweaked or adjusted in order to make room for some of the spending elements in this new bill? The Penn Wharton budget model takes a deeper dive into those impacts. John Huntley, senior economist with Penn Wharton budget model, joins us to uh, take a look at this. John, great to have you back with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So uh, with the elements that are are kind of incorporated in the $3.5 trillion bill, uh, overall, what kind of impacts do you guys see happening and what kind of changes might need to be made within the federal budget? Um, so, first of all, this, this bill is, is a very large bill encompassing an enormous number of different programs um, that cover public infrastructure and labor productivity. Um, and they also have a significant increase in transfers, you know, for, for housing and, and health care. And the sum, you know, we find that the sum total of all of these effects from these different types of programs, um, you will have a significant increase in government debt, particularly over the first 10 years, uh, which will lead to a reduction in the, the amount of private capital that people are saving uh, and investing. And this will also lead to a significant reduction in GDP. We find that GDP will probably go down by about as much as 4% in 2050. You broke uh, this review up into a pair of scenarios. Uh, tell us about them. So we took a look at two scenarios. Uh, the first one is one that we thought was a little bit more realistic. This bill is very large, and it's being passed under a legislative process called reconciliation. And one of the uh, there are many uh, sort of restrictions on bills that go through this process, and one of them is that they can't increase the federal debt or deficit outside of a 10-year budget window. And so what we did under this scenario was take a look and see what happens if we canceled most of the spending. So the, the taxes in the bill don't aren't high enough to pay for the spending in perpetuity, so we actually reduced spending uh, at the end of the 10-year window. Nonetheless, we also did a second scenario where we evaluated it as if the spending proposals continued indefinitely, uh, and we find a, a larger increase in federal debt and a slightly larger uh, decline in GDP from that. Right, and, and so if you take that, the original 10 years, you're talking about 2031, you play that out over a longer period, you're looking at, at, at impacts potentially out till 2050 in your, uh, in your work, correct? Absolutely, yeah. We're looking out to about 2050. And so in that second scenario, um, you know, the, the, we're not only having a uh, further increase in government debt, which has economic effects, but we're also having a, a continued uh, effect from the, the policies themselves. So a lot of the policies are, have, um, you know, transfers that reduce uh, workers' incentives to work, but they also, you know, there are also other policies in there that increase education uh, and increase uh, public infrastructure investment that have positive productivity gains, too. So we're taking all of these policies uh, all of these effects and putting them together, going all the way out to 2050. One of the things looked at in this would be an expansion of Medicare uh, and specifically to add things like vision, dental and hearing. Uh, what kind of impact might the, might those elements have? So those impacts uh, will be felt over time. Um, so there are two components to the Medicare that we analyzed. Uh, it's not clear that both of them or either of them will make it into the final reconciliation but the uh, the dental and vision benefits 
uh, for seniors will allow them to uh, spend down their savings a little faster. So they're not going to need to spend save as much money uh, to cover these anticipated expenses going forward. So it affects their uh, you know their savings behavior. And for people who are not yet retired, it it affects their anticipated savings behavior. So they, they don't need to work quite as much. Uh, and they don't need to save quite as much in anticipation for these uh, for the of these benefits. The other uh, the other part is extending Medicare eligibility down to age 60, uh, and that will make it easier for people to retire because they'll have access to better um, better health care, better uh, insurance um, when it may have been more expensive for them to to purchase it on the open market, or they may need to have stayed employed in order to receive it through their employer. I, I guess it's not a surprise that when you talk about some of the spending elements in this, that the national natural uh, impacts uh, of having them in there. Uh, As you said, you're talking about a lowering of private capital, which in turn ends up being uh, a lead to a lower level of GDP, correct? Absolutely. So low, lower capital, um, you know, it, these are the things like the computers, the uh, the equipment, the the factories, uh, you know, the trucks, all the stuff that people use to make good and produce goods and services. And so not only are we going to end up with lower GDP, uh, lower lower private capital makes workers less efficient, and in theory, that's going to be reflected in lower wages over yeah. the long run as well. Lower wages, but I also noticed in in the data that you brought out, uh, lower numbers of hours worked, which I, I think is very important component when we're talking about now where we are with the level of unemployment and trying to get people back into the workforce. You want to have them working as much as possible. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's true. We're definitely going to see uh, a drop in hours worked. Now, some of it is not all negative because there are certain people who may, you know, particularly people who are closer to retirement who may have other aspirations and sure. may want to work other jobs, sure. but may be stuck in them because they, you know, they, they fear losing their health insurance. So in some ways, it's going to give those people a little bit more flexibility. So there are some benefits to this as well, but you're absolutely right. You know, we, we anticipate seeing a lower uh, a drop in hours worked. There's one other provision in there, however, that actually does increase hours, uh, and that is uh, additional child care and yeah. universal pre-K. There are certain people who don't have access to to those facilities, and you know they will be able to to, to work more and and uh, at a greater variety of jobs because of these benefits. And one of the other things is the potential legalization of unauthorized immigrants as well. Correct? Absolutely. So that is. Um, you know, in in the short run, that's definitely increases GDP. Now, all of a sudden, we have people who are able to work more jobs, and will, which should be reflected in higher wages uh, for them as well. So they're becoming more productive. Plus, they're going to be paying into uh, more taxes, at least in the short run. Um, you know, particularly in Social Security and, and income taxes. So. So you know, there, there's a whole a whole lot of different sorts of programs in this in this bill that have a lot of offsetting effects. Right, and, and exactly, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle that still have to play out on Capitol Hill. John, as always, great to talk with you, and thank uh, thank you for giving us a, a couple of moments. Thank you very much for having me. All right, John Huntley, senior economist with the Penn Wharton Budget Model. Uh, they really do some phenomenal work in in taking a look at these bills and proposals and assessing the impact. And uh, if you want uh, the uh, current. Uh, information that we just talked about is available on the Penn Wharton Budget Model website, which you can find, obviously, on the Internet at pwbm.org. So uh, go uh, take a look at that uh, if you would like at your first opportunity. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.